Daniel Blue is an entrepreneur. His business, Quest Education, empowers people and provides them with more freedom over their finances. This episode, Daniel tells us how he overcame addiction and turned around his finances. You'll also learn how to become more conscious about spending your money, working on your business versus working in your business, and tips for networking. You know, went through, uh, you know, through some family issues growing up as a teenager and, and started, you know, experimenting with, with drugs and ditching school. And, you know, I didn't have a father figure in my life at that time. So I was just seeking, you know, approval and, you know, just I was lost. Right. So, you know, you, 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 you factor that in. Right. So then I'm 18 years old and, and I remember it was lunch. Uh, I want to hang out with the cool kids. And, and they went to uh, we went to one of the guys' house and uh, all of a sudden, like I just see these lines. It looks like cocaine. And I'm like, OK, like, what are these guys doing? I'd never done this before. Right. So then I just see them like grab like, you know, 20 dollar bills, you know, and just sniff it. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay. And then I'm like, what is this? And they're like, it's Oxycontin. I'm like, I never not heard of this. Right. So, you know, I wanted to fit in. Right. I didn't know, you know, again, who I was, what I stood for. I didn't have core values, 18 year old, you know, dumbass kid. So I remember I, I, I grabbed the $20 bill and, and I sniffed it and I immediately threw up and I felt like shit. And, uh, that was my first ex- experience. And then the next day they went to lunch and did the same thing. And, and of course I went in, uh, keep in mind, this is like my third week, fourth week working for this company. So I was brand new, right. It's like the cool, the, the cool group. And I was the new kid in the classroom and I'm just trying to fit in. And then the next time I did it, I got hooked, man. Like I didn't throw up. I, I had this high that made me feel like I was Superman and, uh, it, it masked all of the, uh, you know, the, the, the demons that I was battling and, uh, never, never turned back for two years. That, that was my, uh, my kryptonite for a few years. Yeah. And what was the job? If you don't mind me asking, was it yeah, sales, sales man? Oh, yeah. Like, you, 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 you're, yeah. You're dealing with, you know, young punks making six figures and, uh, yeah, you, you're going to see a lot of those, uh, shenanigans. Yeah, I must admit, I, I had a job as a stockbroker for a while. And although I haven't spoken about what I've seen there, because a lot yeah. of those people might be hearing this podcast, or they might, you know, one day hear this podcast, there is a lot of that kind of going on in all sales yeah. environments. Because like you said, yeah. there are people making ridiculous amounts of money, and they're just desperate for anything to spend it on, you know, once they bought the car and the watch, and maybe even rented a nice place to live, it's then drugs, it's like the next thing or alcohol yeah. is the next thing. So what was what was the breaking point? where you kind of went to yourself, right, I'm 19, I've got a kid on the way. It was, was that what it was? Or was there, was there like a definitive moment where you were just like, I can't do this anymore? Yeah, you would have thought when my daughter was born that that would have been the aha moment, but it wasn't. Hmm. She was born and I wasn't even there at the hospital, right? Oh. So like that wasn't even a moment that shook me, that, that made me make a change. I was still doing the same thing. I was getting high, making dumb choices. Uh, so my daughter was born. I missed out. wasn't there at the hospital. Uh, wasn't didn't see her the next day, the day after, the week after. It took two weeks for me to actually see her. And uh, even when uh, I got back in her life after a two week period, mm. I was still abusing. And at mm. this time, I was trying to get clean. You know, I, I would go two or three days and 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 be clean, but for people that may have a family member or themselves have, have had an issue with, with drugs, more specifically Oxycontin, Percocet, Loratap. Mm. When you try to get clean from heroin based pills, cause that's essentially what it is. It's opiates, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, if you're on heroin or Oxycontin, 
uh, they're going to give you what's called Suboxone or methadone. At least that's what they gave me 10 years ago to, to get clean. So they give you one drug to get off another drug, right? It sounds silly, but that's just the reality. And uh, so I tried to get clean a few different times and, and I just kept going back, right? Something would happen in my life, you know, a challenge, adversity, and I would shrivel. Yeah. So I'd get back to, to, to using. Uh, so I did, I went through those motions for about six months and, uh, this was February, 2009 is when my daughter was born. Uh, so you fast forward to November, more specifically Thanksgiving, 2009. Mm. And I finally had my aha moment. It was Thanksgiving dinner. My family was over and, uh, I made the excuse of leaving the house. I said, Hey, I got to go to the gas station and grab a Red Bull. Mm. That, that was a big fat lie because yeah. what I was actually going to do was I was trying to get, get drugs. Yeah. You know, I'd call my drug dealers and, they weren't picking up the phone. Imagine that they were actually hanging out with their families for Thanksgiving and, and they didn't want to meet up with me to, to sell me pills. So I was just going calling everyone on the phone on, on my Blackberry. I, I want to say it was a, an old school Blackberry phone back in the day. So again, no one was picking up and I finally come to the realization that I'm not going to get my fix that day. And, and I know what's coming the next day. I'm going to go with through withdrawals. I'm going to start getting sick. I'll probably start throwing up. I'm going to get the chills. I know what's coming. Because right? when your body doesn't get the opiates, it, it, it starts almost shutting down. So I remember sitting in my car when I realized I wasn't going to get my fix that day. And I, for the first time, actually had an honest conversation with myself where I really just looked at myself in the mirror and I'm just like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, is this the life that you want to live? Your daughter's only six months old. She doesn't know you're a piece of shit right now, yeah. but she's going to know you're a piece of shit in, in five years and 10 years from now, 15 years from now. So is this the example? Is this the legacy? Is this the impact that you want to leave? Mm. And that, that conversation really turned things around for me. Uh, the next day I actually made uh, moves to get out of my environment. Yeah. Uh, I knew if I could just change my environment, be in a new city, new friends, new phone, new, new environment, I know I could get clean. Yeah. So I actually ended up moving to a brand new city that mm. month. Yeah. And uh, I, I've been clean since, since then I'm 32 years old and this was, uh, I was 20 years old at this time. So. Yeah. I must admit that is something that, that can help a lot is if you're in a really difficult situation, whether it is drugs or depression or anything, it's a change of scenery and, and committing to that can really push you to make a change in your life is what it seems. How did you pick where you were moving to? What was the kind of decision there? So I, I will say whether you're a, a, an existing entrepreneur that's struggling or an entrepreneur that's doing well, or maybe you're a nine to fiver and, and, and you want to level up, maybe you get a new promotion and a new job, or you want to start a business. The one thing that's really helped me that I know is going to help you is networking. Yeah. Right. I've never had a resume before. Yeah. Like the only time I've interviewed for a job was when I was 16 years old and I worked at a grocery store. Yeah. Like that's the only time I've ever interviewed. Mm. And I can attribute all of that and the fact that I own a business today with 13 employees and we've got a thousand customers in all 50 states. I can attribute a lot to that because of networking, mm. right? A lot of times we forget we're only one relationship away yeah. from actually making a big change, seeing massive results. Mm. And that one relationship might not be that one relationship that opens up the door for your new job or your new promotion or your new business or your new, you know, referral partner, affiliate partner or business partner, right? Like that one person might not be it, but that one person might introduce you to someone else. Yeah. And then that someone else introduces you to these other people. And yeah. because of that one relationship, everything can be tied to that one relationship where you're like, dude, that's so awesome. And we forget about that, right? So 
for me, I picked Las Vegas just because of my network, uh, the relationships that I had. And uh, where I had trouble uh, with drugs and, and the story I'm telling you, this was in a small town in Utah called St. George, Utah. Right. If people are familiar with Zion National Park, it's, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful in Utah. Um, so I, I lived there really close to uh, Zion National Park. And uh, the network that, that I was, uh, my networking and my relationships, uh, there was someone in my network that uh, introduced me to somebody in Las Vegas right. that was opening up a, a sales floor. And uh, they, they needed a, a salesperson to come in and, and do some things, you know, for the, the company. And uh, so, so I knew I had that opportunity and uh, I immediately seized on it. And uh, like literally the story I'm telling you on Thanksgiving, I'm pretty sure the next week is when I moved to St. Moved from St. George to Las Vegas. Mm. And I lived in a hotel for about a month um, until I found a place. And, uh, you know, that was the start of my sobriety. Yeah. And from the sobriety, you kind of, you know, for, for lack of a better phrase, you kind of got your wits about you. It was like, right, even though sales is going well for me, uh, you know, I'm doing all right. I'm a decent salesman. You started your business that you've been running since then now, or was it like other businesses that you started? Yeah, no, I was an employee for a number of years. Um, okay. I'm 32 years old. I started Quest Education three years ago. Mm. Um, so I've only been an entrepreneur for three years. Yeah. However, before that, I was trained to be an entrepreneur, right? An entrepreneur, you have to have good marketing, you have to have good communication skills, good sales skills, good leadership skills, yeah. um, financial management, cash management, yeah. you know? So I learned a lot over the years, more so from touching the stove, you know, burning my hand and, and learning what not to do because I made the mistakes and I lived through it. And, yeah. you know, I think we all can relate that experience is, is the best teacher when you fail, as long as you can be accountable and own up to your shit and be like, okay, I messed up, mm. then you have a shot at getting better because if you keep making the same mistake over and over because you're not taking responsibility, yeah. it's going to be tough to get ahead in this world. Yeah. And that is kind of the the philosophy of Quest Education is, is allowing people a chance to get ahead in the world for, you know, for kind of financial reasons and as well as lifestyle reasons. I'm not really sure if it's lifestyle reasons or if it's mainly money reasons. Yeah, it's financial. The, the main problem that we solve in the marketplace is we help people access money in their retirement accounts penalty and tax-free. Right. So people that have a retirement account, it's opening up a whole new world right. and helping them see how it, it could be possible for them to access that money penalty and tax-free and maybe use that money to start a business or use that money to invest into real estate. You know, Basically, just have a lot more freedom with your retirement accounts yeah because i feel like a lot of people see that as kind of like a a safety net you know when you when you retire you get access to that money and you use it to live off of but what you're trying to say is you can get this money now and you could turn this money into a lot more money rather than just wait for it to be you know fifty thousand dollars when you're 70 you could have a hundred thousand dollars a hundred and fifty thousand dollars yeah it really comes down to personal goals right mm -hmm. but the main thing is is education. So many people, like you said, they view their retirement account a certain way because they're just understanding it a certain way. Mm -hmm. the, the money they have in their retirement account, they have the understanding that they can't touch this money until they have a bunch of gray hair, mm -hmm. until they're old and retired. Yeah. Um, they have an understanding that if they do touch the money, they're going to pay 30, 40% in penalties to the IRS, yeah. right? So there's these myths that people buy into and truly believe. And a lot of that is because 
of the way our financial structure is set up in this country, such as yeah. Wall Street, right? Like they want you to believe this because why would they want you to access the money sooner than, than later, right? Because yeah. they're making money off of fees. Yeah. So th- it's not in their best interest to teach people about this. So, mm. you know, we're not, uh, you know, financial uh, licensed investment advisors or anything like that. Like I'm not here and neither is my team to sell insurance or real estate or stocks. We're just here to bring public information to light. Right. You know, there's IRS approved ways to access your own money penalty and tax free. And once people have that aha moment where they're like, oh shoot, like I can access my own money yeah. before I retire penalty and tax free. Well, I, I'd always, I always wanted to start this food truck business and yeah. I know I'm going to have risk you know, starting a business, I could lose money, but there's also risks in the stock market. Yeah. Like, or, you know, hey, I'd rather use this money to invest in precious metals or crypto or mm-hmm. real estate versus the stock market, right? So it's just those preferences and, you know, goals that, that people have. And, and we're just here to see how we can add value and, and provide information to empower people to, you know, have more options for their decisions. Yeah. And in kind of regards to giving people options and that kind of stuff, another thing you you've said that you do or that that you know that i have kind of researched and found out is that quest education helps people to pay off their debt is that kind of again by going to them like okay get your you know going maybe get your retirement early or is it more like a teaching people how to manage their money more so yeah no it's it's basically math mm-hmm. uh, i can't tell you how many people we've talked to where they have twenty thousand dollars in credit card debt and they're paying 20 percent interest let's just say yeah and then their retirement account is making them seven percent a year yeah right well if their credit card debt's costing 20 percent and their retirement account is making them seven percent they're losing money faster than they're making money right like they're going backwards yeah yeah, yeah. so if they can access the money that's making them seven percent a year access that money penalty and tax-free and use that same money to pay off debt that's costing them 20 percent yeah and then there's a way for them to replenish Mm. their retirement account so they're not robbing from their future, mm. but they're also in a better place now because now they're debt free from that 20%. They're not losing thousands of dollars in interest to the banks. And, you know, that, that debt is eliminated, right? So, you know, it's just being able to, again, maybe reposition a few things um, and, and be able to have the numbers, you know, work more in your favor instead of against you. Yeah. And so going from being, you know, a young high-flying salesman, to now a very kind of focused and and money might not money minded in a way that you know like money grabbing but as in you know money conscious entrepreneur how did you first start becoming more financially literate by fucking up hopefully i can <laughs> i can cuss yeah you uh, can it's too, man. Is, is too is too late now man yeah you, you're allowed to cuss you can say any swear word you want i like to tell my guests that but i also like it when people feel like they've already broken a rule yeah but yeah yeah i'm just i'm just I'm just being real, man. This is who I am. So, you know, I'm, I'm 20 years old. I'm 19 years old, making six figures. I didn't grow up with money. Yeah. You know, my mom raised me from the time that I was 12 years old and on. Mm. You know, we struggled uh, at times. We lived in a hotel at times. Mm. Um, you know, we, we I saw, you know, some, some struggle, right? And yeah. I just knew that I didn't want to experience that as I got older. Mm. And I'm really close with my mom. So I wanted to, you know, really just pay her back, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, that was my mentality. And, and then when I started making good money in sales, since mm-hmm. I never had money before or saw people spend money, I didn't know how to manage money. Right. So yeah. I started spending more than I was making. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought, why do I need a credit score? Why do I need a credit card? 
I got, I have cash. I have my debit card. Like I don't need a credit score. Mm. Um, you know, so I, I just started making bad financial decisions. And, uh, when I, and I used the analogy er, analogy earlier, I'm touching the stove and I'm burning my hand. Yeah. I'm burning my hand. Right. Like yeah. I'm, I bought a, a, a property in 2008, mm. uh, right before the market crashed. So I, I lost my shirt on, on my house when I bought my house. Yeah. Um, so I just made a lot of bad financial decisions. And so then as I recovered from my, my addiction mm. and I got more clear headed, I learned from my mistakes, right? Yeah. Okay. If I'm making a hundred thousand, let's just say as an example, mm. I'm going to find a way to live off of $50,000 a year. Yeah. Right. Credit is important. Credit is massive. Mm. Right. I didn't get you know a bunch of money from family to start this business. Right. Um, you know, I saved a bunch of money along the way and then I had a bunch of money on 0% credit cards yeah. that I was able to use to fund this business. Mm. That 0% credit card, was not going to be on the table if I didn't have a good credit score. Yeah. So there's a difference between good debt and bad debt. Yeah. I did a lot of bad debt choices, right? Using my credit card to buy dumbass clothes to fit in when I was 20 years old, mm. you know, buying that nice car when I really didn't need to, um, just making a lot of those choices. So, you know, as I got older in my mid twenties, I started saving a lot more than what I was spending. I started investing my money. I started building up my credit score. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I started just being more conscious of, of money and learning about money and how it works and opportunity cost and, you know, debt can, can really set you back if it's negative debt. So, you know, that, that was my experience in, in, in utilizing money and, and, you know, making those mistakes. And what was your greatest takeaway from that of, you know, I've, I've fucked up my money. I've, I've now made it right. But like, what was the biggest takeaway that you took with you going forward? Be really cautious with how you use money, mm. right? You can have a lot of money in your bank account right now, but it's not earning you interest, right? It's not keeping up with inflation, right? And then you still have taxes. So you want to have your money deployed working for you, yeah. but you also want to have some cash set aside for a rainy day especially when you're dealing with a business, right? I, I can't tell you how many times that I didn't make a paycheck. I didn't pay myself, but I had to pay my employees mm. or I invested in the marketing. I invested in the business, right? So I had strategic setbacks mm. that I was prepared to make because financially I wasn't living beyond my means, yeah. you know, and, and as a business owner, especially your first five years in business, they're going to be super volatile. Yeah. You're going to have one month where you're doing great. You're on top of the world. You're like, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to have another month where you're like, oh shit, like, am I going to go out of business? Mm. Like, am I going to need to get a, a day job? Like, mm. am I going to have to, you know, go under? Right. So you're going to have a lot of those up and down moments. And that's why it's really important to have cash flow yeah. so you can re reinvest into your business so you can pay your employees to keep things going. So during the good times and the bad times, you really need to make sure that you're, you know, very cognizant of, of how you're using your cash. Yeah. So with with that kind of like view of starting a business and, and being conscious of how much money you have here and there and, and using it, what is like, what was day one like of, uh, of running Quest Education? Was it like hard or were you kind of like really focused, dialed in and like, I know what I need to do here? I mean, at that point, when you're, it's your first year, you're just focused on sales, mm. right? Your processes probably suck. Your systems probably aren't that good your delegation skills probably are terrible, right? You're, you're just winging it, right? And, and if you're decent enough at sales, you can wing it and, and you know, onboard some clients and generate revenue and, yeah. and keep things going, right? However, 
if you don't get proper systems structure and, and you know, systems processes and, and leadership and culture, mm. um, eventually you're either going to burn out and burn your team out yeah. or your fulfillment is going to start to become shitty. Your yeah. service, your customer experience is going to be shitty. Mm. And, and that's when it's going to be hard to recover because as soon as you have a bad reputation, as soon as clients start complaining, as soon as, you know, your fulfillment goes to shit, yeah. it's really hard to come back. Mm. Right. So you know, that first year, it, it's okay to focus on sales and revenue because you need that to be able to reinvest. But yeah. along the way, you need to focus on delegation. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs and, and myself, especially in the very beginning, struggled with delegation, right? Like we'd rather just do it ourselves, mm. you know, but you got you have to focus on, you know, activities that are going to move the needle and, and try your best to work on the business. So you can have people work in the business, you know, and, and people can have their roles. Yeah. And what is it like working on the business as opposed to in the business? What's a what's a real world example? So working in the business means, okay, I'm here, I'm sending emails all day. What is working on the business? Uh, looking at your your projections, your your forecasting, right? Like you know, right now we're we're doing this podcast. It's the first of this first of September. Yeah. Um, I'm a lot more forward thinking right now. Yeah. I have a better understanding of what Q1, Q2, Q3 next year look like. Yeah. Um, last year I wasn't as dialed in because I was working more in the business. Mm. So you have to have the ability to, to look at the big picture, right? Mm. And and just making better moves because you're budgeting, you're forecasting. Um, you're, you're working on bigger relationships, right? If you're just sending emails and, and selling one-off clients, um, it, it's harder to have better relationships with bigger people that can move the needle, right? Mm. As the owner, a lot of the times you're in charge of business development, right? Like you mm. should be going to events. You should be shaking hands and kissing babies, right? You should be networking because again, back to what I said earlier, you could be only, only you're only one relationship away. You know, yeah. from really seeing a massive change from from leveling up. Yeah, and I know one thing I really, really hate about networking is when people come. Well, actually, no, the first thing I hate, and I, you might agree with this, you might not, but I really hate networking events where the whole idea is like, "Hey, hi, shake my hand, take my business card." Hey, hi, shake my hand, take my business card. I feel like what you're touching on is kind of similar to what I like to do, which is where you genuinely try to get to know somebody. And whether or not that person can do anything for you or you can do anything for them is irrelevant. It's all about just getting to know them and seeing if whether or not you get along. Yeah, man. And kind of what's also annoying, and, and, and you might laugh at this or, or not agree with it, but I think it's just a buzzword and I'm seeing it a lot more. It's like, add value. Yeah. I'm here to serve. Right. So <laughs> yeah. like what really rubs me the wrong way is like when I first meet somebody in the first five seconds, you're like, Hey man, how can I add value to you? How can I serve you? Yeah. I'm like, bro, we don't even know each other, man. Thank like you. Let, 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 let's just actually <laughs> like have a, a real conversation and, and see what happens. And not, there might be zero that comes out of it. We might just have just a pleasant conversation and we never see each other again, just because the vibe wasn't there or the synergy wasn't there. But that's okay, man. But exactly. like, don't force it. Yeah. No, I've definitely had a lot of that. And and I feel like a lot of people growing up now, or a lot of younger people will go, okay, yeah, I've got to add value, got to add value. It's like, yeah, that works for the top 1% of people where their time is at a, you know, a, a real, real, real premium where you've got that brief window that you might be able to talk to them and you have to put that value prop down. Fair enough. But for people like myself, if you're going to talk to me, just talk to me, right? Do you know what I mean? And if, if our conversation is going somewhere that I feel is interesting and I have to leave, I'll be like, hey, here's my details, contact me, we'll talk again. Or, you know, if you say something that I find interesting, then we can go from there. But a lot of people are like, 
oh, you do this. Well, I know a person that could do this and do that. Would you like us to connect? Why, why are you doing this? Do you know what I mean? Like, what, what is this? Are, are you my mom? Like, is this like a prom date? Why are you doing this for me? Like, it doesn't make any sense. See, and, and to that point though, and I've had a lot of success from this, is when I actually have a real conversation with somebody yeah. and it's genuine, mm. they might come out and say they're struggling with something. Exactly. Like, you know, wh- something in their business or whatever it is. Like, mm. man, I was looking for this. Like, they're the ones that come out and, 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 and say that, right? Yeah. And then when they say that, then you can come in and be like, well, dude, like, since you need help with that, I actually know someone that might be able to help with that. Like, do you want me to connect you guys? Right. Like that's organic, right? Like that came out organically versus, you know, like, Hey man, do you have a website? Well, if you do, or you don't, I got this awesome person that sells sells website and let me connect you with them. Like that's not organic, man. Like that's just shoving shit down my throat. Exactly. And I feel like as well with the pandemic as well, a lot of people had moved to online networking and I obviously had networked before the pandemic but in the pandemic i was at a loss because i was thinking how does online networking work is it the same thing do i just jump in and say hi how are you and i realized you've got to say a bit more than hi how are you got to be like hi tell me more about what it is you do or something like that but there's people that skip that part and you know they come in and just try pitch you straight away and it's always really frustrating when people do that because it's like i'm not here looking to buy anything right now and if i was i certainly wouldn't be coming to you because i'd be looking somewhere else yep yes sir it's difficult it's very very difficult but okay so quest education you guys provide tactical information now i liked the word tactical because that means that there's you can do stuff with that information can you give me an example of, of some of this tactical information obviously you know don't don't give the product away without without people buying it but i would love to just have a a brief taster yeah, I mean, we're, we're pretty straightforward. Um, the, the main product that we help people with is called the Solo 401k. Mm. So if you are an entrepreneur with some kind of uh, business activity going on where there's no W-2 pictures, uh, W-2 employees in the picture, mm. you yourself can be a W-2 employee. However, if you have this project, this business going on where you're not having W-2 employees involved with your business, then you qualify for a solo 401k in the eyes of the IRS. And if you have a 401k from an old job or an IRA, you can take that money, move it into a solo 401k without paying penalties and taxes. And now that your money is in the solo 401k, you can use that money to start a business. Mm. You could use that money to pay off your credit card debt. You can use that money to invest into crypto real estate like there's so many options and you can do all of that without paying penalties and taxes and are you a, a big kind of supporter of investments because i'm assuming you you said you bought a, a property just before the the financial crisis so that would have been like 2008 but i'm wondering going forward did you buy any more real estate or do you have other kind of investments that you do just out of sheer curiosity yeah, right now my my baby is my business. You know, I, I do have some real estate, but nothing really worth um, you know, like, oh my gosh, I can retire, right? Like I'm at the point where my business is three years old, right? And I've got 13 employees. I want to scale this thing. Like I want to get to the point where I've got 20, 30 employees. Instead yeah. of having a thousand customers, I've got five thousand customers, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, most of my extra cash is going towards, you know, the business itself, marketing, hiring, scaling systems, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, that that's my main focus right now. 
Um, my, my focus is doing this for a number of years and, and I know I'm going to be in a good spot when I'm 35, 37, 40, mm. you know, if, if I keep on, on the same path that I'm on right now. And the thing is with this path, the thing that's kind of keeping you going is the fact that you can see that you're changing people's lives. Yeah, man, that's, that's the cool part. Um, you know, I, I actually, on, on my podcast the other day, um, we, we talked about passion and, and purpose. Mm. And those are two words that we hear a lot of, right? And how I view the two, I view them completely different. Yeah. And I'll use me as an example. I'm not living my passion right now. Like yeah. my passion isn't solo 401ks. It's not retirement accounts. Yeah. I think it's cool. Like I like to learn about it, but yeah. it's not my passion. Right. However, my purpose, I am living it because my purpose is impacting people. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. love seeing my employees take money that I pay them, that my company pays them mm. and they buy a house. Yeah. They take their kids on a vacation, mm. right? Like they're buying cars, like yeah. they're living a life, right? That, that makes me feel good. That's, that's my, my purpose. My, my customers, like one of my, one of my customers, um, she used to run a, a hair salon, did it for decades, got tired of it, mm. wanted to start a business so she can quit her job. Yeah. She used her retirement account penalty and tax-free to start her business yeah. and her business is making enough money now where she quit her job. Mm. And that was a lot of that had to do with our help. Right. I mean, she still had to run the business, yeah, but yeah, we yeah. helped her with some of the financing mm. and, and just seeing her success. And we still talk to her like it's ultra cool like that that fills up my purpose cup so i think where we all want to get to is where your passion and your purpose aligns yeah and, and for me because i have a soft spot for you know uh, kids that that grew up without dads yeah. maybe in a, in a in a home with with drugs mm. um i love sports you know so i'd love to have like a sports team like a complex with you know a, a bunch of kids that are on teams and and, and we're helping them level up in, in their life and impacting them you know that would be a passion of mine that would would fill that need and then i'm still running a business i'm still impacting people so my purpose right. is still being filled, right? So like, that's where I want to get to. And, yeah. and right now, Quest Education is going to be a vehicle over the years to generate me enough money so I can open up a complex. I can open up some teams, you know, and yeah. I can coach kids and things like that. So, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's my focus right now. And, you know, if you're listening to this right now and you're working at a job or you're working with the business and your, pa your passion isn't being filled your passion cup your tank your passion tank isn't filled up mm. just make sure your purpose is being filled up because if your passion and your purpose are, aren't, aren't being filled up you know you're, you're going to be in a funk you're, you're not going to feel motivated you're, you're going to feel a little bit lost so you got to figure out you know how can you be aligned and get on board with something that at least fills one or the other yeah and I feel like it's one of those things right now where the listeners probably sat there going like, okay, I need to get my life together. I need to get my life together, but I don't know where, I don't know how. Is there any kind of time or decision you made in your life where you were a bit like, ah, I wish I'd have done that differently. Apart from, you know, we've been over the, the kind of the drug side of things, all that kind of stuff. I'm talking more about when you're in your success and sober life where you like, I wish I'd have done this sooner. I wish I'd have not done that type of thing. Personal branding. I wish I would have done that a lot sooner. You know, I barely just jumped on Instagram the first time this year. Yeah. I uh, made my first post in January yeah. and um, personal branding is massive. Mm. You know, personal brand is, is not going anywhere. Social media is not going anywhere. So, you know, if you're an entrepreneur and, and you don't have much of a personal brand, the best time to start is now, yeah. you know, not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, because the sooner you start, 
the sooner you're going to realize like, man, I, I wish I would have been posting on social media a long time ago. Man, I wish I would have been getting on podcasts a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not saying you have to have a personal brand to become successful. Yeah. Um, I know plenty of people that have no social media followers do not have a personal brand, but they have mass businesses. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying like what I'm suggesting is the only way to do it. Yeah. However, in, in 2021, it, it's a good idea to have a, a personal brand. And what made you decide to, to, build your personal brand where did you kind of get that epiphany attention is king right Mm -hmm. people don't know about you how are you gonna how are you gonna get in front of them and Mm -hmm. and sell your product or service yeah right and and there's competition out there right like you're not the only one that has a pool cleaning business or an online business or sells houses right like there's tons of competition out there so what's going to separate you from the rest and people do business who people do business with other people that they know like and trust yeah. keyword number one is no and if you don't have a personal brand it's going to be hard for them to find you yeah building a personal brand right from scratch now right you've you've only just jumped into social media it's completely new to you how did you decide what you're going to do how you're going to do it and you know are you seeing success from that like how often do you take stock and kind of go oh that's not working this is working that type of thing yeah um I mean, it's definitely working um you know I, I started facebook posting about three years ago that was yeah. the first time um you know i just came out with a book this year uh hit amazon bestseller mm. um you know so personal brand now you know i'm a lot further along now than where i was a few years ago but you know a big reason why i got involved with this was investing in masterminds you know i invest a lot of money into coaching Right. I don't have it all figured out and I'd rather learn from other people that are doing it much better than myself. So I can, you know, not take shortcuts and, and, and because at the end of the day, you still have to do the work. There's no shortcutting the work, but if I can see other strategies and other people can tell me like, Hey, you know, this didn't work for me, but this did. Right. And, and, and instead of them having 13 employees like me, they have 50 employees. And instead of doing, you know, seven figures a year in revenue, like we're doing, they're doing eight figures a year in revenue like mm. why would i not listen to them why would i not hear them out right yeah. i'm not saying like copy everything they're doing but you know you have to soak up knowledge in different places and you know because i took time and money and commitment I, and i invested in these different masterminds and coaching programs mm. it definitely opened up my eyes and you know uh, so i just started posting on on social media and yeah. you know i just follow the the 80 20 world you know you look at traditional marketing watch tv watch your favorite show yeah 80% of what you watch is the show. They're yeah. entertaining you. 20% is the ads. Mm-hmm. 20% is buy my shit. Yeah. It's the same thing with, with social media, right? Like 80% of your content should be adding value to people. It should yeah. be making them laugh. It should be making them smile. It should be making them think. It should be motivating them. It should be teaching them something. Mm. The other 20% could be, hey, not sure you know, but this is what I do. Mm. And like, this is a recent success story that we have. Right. So, you know, just following that strategy the last few years has, has been able to, you know, help me get some business and develop a lot of relationships. And you mentioned something about coaching. I've, I've interviewed a fair amount of coaches by this point now. And uh, I've come to realize that I've been quite lucky in that all the coaches that I've chosen to spoken to, all the, the coaches that have chosen to reach out and want to be on the show, they feel like genuine coaches. They feel like people that are trying to help you to either grow your business or expand your mindset and all that kind of thing. How did you go? Because you're the first person I've had that's come on that's spoken about coaching openly or, you know, that's spoken about coaching in a way that I feel like I could ask you this. How did you go about finding a coach? Where did you look? 
And how did you know which coach was a right fit for you? Yeah, so I started listening to Ed Milet and Andy Frisella, um, their their podcast, shooting like probably three years ago. Mm. And uh, so I was subscribing to their podcast for a while and they were given a lot of value. You know, mm. these are both high level entrepreneurs with a ton of employees and a bunch of revenue. Um, so obviously they know what they're talking about. Mm. And then on the podcast, they mentioned that they were launching a mastermind a coaching mm. group called Arte. So it was a no brainer. I'm like, if these guys are starting it, like I'm in. Mm -hmm. So I joined that uh, in 2018. And then um, by joining that group, I was actually introduced to somebody else. And that somebody else, again, what I told you guys earlier, relationships, you can be one relationship away, right? Mm -hmm. And that one person introduced me to somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, and that somebody else, his name is Ryan Steumann. And, uh, you know, he's been somebody that uh, has personally coached me. I'm, I'm in his mastermind as well. Yeah. Um, and I've learned a ton. I mean, one, one thing about coaches, you know, make sure that whatever coach you hire, make sure they have what you don't. Yeah. Right. Like make sure that they have something that you're seeking. Mm -hmm. Right. And then it doesn't hurt to trust, but verify. Yeah. Right. Like ask a few people that are already working with them. Mm -hmm. Right. Like what's been their results. Get, yeah. get some feedback. Right. And then you have to know, like, it's not going to be a get rich quick scheme. Mm. Like it's going to take a long time. You know, yeah. I spent a lot of money over the years. I didn't make the money right away, yeah. but I'm definitely in, in, in the positives. I'm, I'm in the black and I'm not in the red. When you look at all the money I've spent on coaching yeah. over the years. Yeah. Because you felt like there's a, a benefit to the coaching as in it's, it's gone all right, I've paid this guy maybe $10,000, but it's given me a mindset or a, an ability now to make $100,000 now. Yeah, I mean, and, and you, the cool part is think about it like this, you know, especially when you come from an upbringing where there's not a lot of high level thinkers, you know, like my high school friends, they're cool. I hang out with a couple of them here and there, mm -hmm. but I chose a different path, right? I chose a path of entrepreneurship and you're probably one of the few ones that make that leap. So yeah. you lose a lot of people along the way. Mm. It's not so much that you left them behind. It's they chose not to come with you. And that's okay. We all make our choices. Yeah. So at some point you need to surround yourselves with other like-minded people. Yeah. And, and that's where coaching and, and, and networking, you know, entrepreneur mastermind groups come in because they're all people like you, you know, they're spending five, 10, $20,000 in, into, you know, coaching. So you already know they're committed, right? Yeah. Like if they weren't committed, they wouldn't have spent the money. Yeah. So they're just like you, they're committed. They don't know everything. If they knew everything, they wouldn't be spending the money mm -hmm. and they want to level up. And if yeah. you can be in a room full of people like that, man, you're going to create some amazing relationships on a personal and, and business level. Yeah. So the Daniel that we know now, who's clean of drugs, runs a seven figure business where you've gone through different types of coaching, different life experiences, different business experiences. Looking back at yourself, let's say 20 years ago, so 11 year old you, what advice would you give 11 year old you to become not only the man you are now, but maybe even a better version of the man you are now? No, don't be afraid of failing. Like so many of us are afraid of failing. And you probably have heard it before, but it's pretty simple. In order to succeed, you have to fail, mm. right? We've all heard the cliches. Michael Jordan got cut from his, you know, basketball team in, in, in high school. Mm. I was a failure. And look at him now. One of the greats, yeah. right? So, you know, I remember Kobe Bryant, you know, he airballed in like one of his first playoff games with the Lakers. Yeah. 
you know, like you failure has to happen in order to succeed. Like there's no way around it. So if you want to succeed, you have to fail. And as long as you keep that mentality and you know, it's just part of the process, it's like baking a cake. Yeah. Right. Like I've never baked a cake before in my life. So I'm just making some shit up right now, but like you probably got to throw some flour, some sugar and some other stuff in it. Right. Failure is part of that recipe. Right. Like you can't bake a cake without throwing in a certain ingredient Mm. and and maybe it's flour, maybe it's sugar. Someone could probably correct me, but like there's one ingredient that you have to put in that cake in order for that cake to come out. Right. And that one ingredient for success, if we're going to use the cake and success as Mm. the same, you know, kind of metaphor here, you can't have success without failure. Yeah. They go hand in hand. So let's say that advice is for your younger self and we're talking directly to the listener now. This the listener's gonna be locked in. They're gonna be like, whoa, okay, they're talking to me. Let me let me perk up in my seat. What advice do you have for the listener about getting into entrepreneurship? And don't worry about what other people are, are are saying or thinking. Like just focus on you. Like don't compare yourself to other people. People are gonna chirp, people are gonna say you can't do it, or you know, oh, you think you're a big shot now. Uh, it's not gonna work out. Why, why do you work so much you're taking a big risk? Like you're going to have a lot of people in your ear and, or you might have these makeup made up conversations where you think people are talking about you, but they're really yeah. not. Yeah. You're just making that shit up. Mm. Like just tune out the noise mm. and just focus on the mission. Yeah. And, and you have to be super clear on that mission. What do you want to do? Right? Like only you can come up with that mission, that yeah. game plan. And just focus on that game plan and that mission, tune out the noise, who cares what other people think or say about you. Mm. They're not going to determine your goals, right? Like it's your life, it's your goals. So you you just got to be focused and and don't let that hold you back. Because what's interesting is the fear of failing is intertwined with worrying about what other people think. Because a lot of people are afraid to make make a a jump Mm. and start something because they're afraid of failing and they're afraid of failing because they're afraid of what people are going to think. Like, dude, who, who cares? Here's where to find Daniel. Yeah, so best place to find me would be danielblue.me. That's Daniel and then blue like the color, B-L-U-E dot me. Um, that website has everything about me. It's got uh, uh, the website to my podcast that has, you know, How Winners Win. That's on all the different platforms. Uh, How Winners Win is, is geared to help people win in their personal, financial, or business life. So links to, to where you can find my podcast um, and then a link for my book. Uh, it's called Blueprint to Your Best Retirement. It's a, a book that just recently came out. It's Amazon bestseller. So you can check that book out there. And then uh, it's got links to a, a bunch of free content for you and then a link to my course. And then, of course, on my social media handles, you can find me at uh, Daniel Blue on Instagram and then Daniel Blue on Facebook. Thank you for listening to People Explained. New episodes come out every Monday. We would appreciate it if you gave us a review on Apple Podcasts and shared this episode with a friend.